Osiris. The following program is brought to you by Osiris Media. This is your host, Neil the Night Holler. And direct from New Orleans, it's time for Trick Bag, your ultimate destination for the heppest tracks ever waxed. From Blue Monday to Saturday Night Fish Fry, from early in the morning till the midnight hour. For rhythm and blues and rock and roll, this is the place to feed your soul. So let's get ready for some sweet musical treats as we open up the Trick Bag. It's time once again for Trick Bag. This is your host, Neil the Nighthawler. Tonight's edition is part two of a showcase of the life and music of New Orleans R&B man Bobby Mitchell. Bobby was raised in Algiers on the West Bank of New Orleans and made his recording debut in 1953 as lead of the vocal group The Toppers. He made a splash on the national charts in 1956 with Try Rock and Roll and had several regional hits in and around New Orleans with songs like Baby's Gone, Nothing Sweet As You, and I Wish I Knew. We'll pick things up from 1957 tonight, the year that Bobby recorded another one of his all-time classics, I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Someday. As with part one, we'll be hearing from Bobby Mitchell himself, courtesy of an early 80s interview from the archive of New Orleans historian Rick Coleman. Also in this installment are some extremely rare recordings that have never been heard by the public. We'll be getting back into Bobby's story in just a few minutes, but first, here are a couple of recordings from his first session of 
I would like to know, and you always hurt the one you love. Recorded February 19, 1957. Also recorded that day were 64 Hours and I Love to Hold You, which we'll be hearing a little later on in the show. Coming up now, we'll hear one of the most fascinating chapters in the Bobby Mitchell story, and we'll hear it directly from the players who were involved. Sometime in early 1957, a 22-year-old amateur songwriter named Roy Hayes who was working at a drug wholesaler in Baton Rouge, sent some of his songs to producer Dave Bartholomew in New Orleans. Dave replied with a telegram that read, Dear Roy, I heard your tunes, and I want you to get in touch with me as soon as possible. Dave also included his office and home numbers. And now, thanks to interviews recorded by Rick Coleman in the early 80s, we'll hear Dave Bartholomew and Roy Hayes pick up the story. He sent it to me to record. His name is Roy Hayes. He still calls me and writes me all, all the time. And he's very satisfied to be affiliated with the Day of Bartholomew. And he uh, is, he's still in touch. And he, I thought he sang with the band. He sent me a tape with no strings or no nothing on it. 
I enjoyed rock and roll music, especially the early, the 50s. I really enjoyed uh, people like Little Richard and uh, Fats Domino, of course. And uh, I just, some of my songs that I wrote were on the faster type of hillbilly songs, what they called hillbilly songs in those days. But the songs that I was listening to in, in rock and roll in those days, uh, I felt that they could be done with that kind of rock style, and I felt that, uh, that my songs were okay for that. So uh, from then on, I uh, I contacted Dave Bartholomew and uh, uh, asked if, if I could send him some of my songs for his review, and he said uh, to do so, which I did, and he listened to some of my songs, and uh, uh, from then on, he, he wrote me a letter saying that, that he liked my songs and he wanted to uh, for me to be in New Orleans on a Saturday morning and that he was going to record me as the vocalist. And so I went to New Orleans on a Saturday morning and he had his band there, Dave Bartholomew's band, and uh, we spent about six hours recording four songs. And from then on, uh, yeah, well, we, we recorded I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Someday and You Had Better Go Home and two other songs. There's songwriter Roy Hayes and producer Dave Bartholomew. The session that Roy mentioned was held on Saturday, May 10th, 1957. The tape of that session was sent to Lou Chud, the owner of Imperial Records, who Dave was working for at the time. After listening to the tape, Lou sent a response to Roy saying that the recordings were being canned because of off-time singing, but that the songs would be used with another artist, quote, in the very, very near future, unquote. And that's exactly what happened. Bobby Mitchell ended up recording two of those Roy Hayes compositions in September of 57. And amazingly, when Bobby was interviewed by Rick Coleman in the early 80s, he still owned the acetate demo of Roy Hayes singing I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Someday. A single copy had been made for Bobby back in 57, so he could learn the tune. The session tapes of Roy's original version have likely been lost long ago, but thanks to the fact that Bobby held on to the original acetate for decades, the recording survives. So now we'll hear Roy Hayes' original version of I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Someday from the acetate owned by Bobby Mitchell. But before that, we'll hear from Roy to talk about the origins of the song. One day I was working, and I believe it came about that we were kind of mad at the bosses or something, and Somebody said, uh, that's okay, I'm going to be a wheel someday. And I've, I said to myself, I said, this, that sure would make a good song. Because it seemed like everybody has that, that dream, you know, that one day they're going to be somebody, you know. So I wrote this down, and as I was working, uh, my job required a lot of walking. And, and I just, uh, while I was walking and, and working, I just uh, put a couple of verses together and then I felt that it was good enough, and I wrote it down on a piece of paper and put it in my wallet. And then about six months later, I was cleaning out my wallet, and I came across this piece of paper, and then I just, I just wrote the song from that. I'm gonna be a wheel someday. I'm gonna be somebody I'm gonna be a real gone cat And I won't want you Everything's gonna roll my way I won't need nobody I'm gonna 
gonna be a real gone cat and I won't want you. You will cry, cry, cry. You will sigh, sigh, sigh. You will wonder why I don't look at you when I go rolling by. I'm gonna be a wheel someday. I'm gonna be somebody. I'm gonna be a real gone cat and then I won't want you. And there's the original recording of I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Someday by the song's writer, Roy Hayes. It was from that very recording that Bobby Mitchell learned the tune in 1957. Right now, we'll hear from producer Dave Bartholomew once again as he reminisces about setting up a recording session to have Bobby record the song. I set up the recording studio because I like the material so much. I said, this has got to be a hell of a hit. And Bobby's session was coming up, and Fats was out of town, and Smiley I had caught up on his records. So I said, well, the only guy that's available, I'll try it with Bobby Mitchell. Well, sure enough, we tried it with Bobby Mitchell and made an awful lot of noise. Bobby Mitchell picks things up now with his memories of listening to the Roy Hayes demo and how the song progressed leading up to the recording session. The record we thought was sort of a a country and western style song. And I I kept the record around for a while and I kept rehearsing and rehearsing until it grew on me. And my wife and I used to sit down and figure, well, we... Might as well sing country and western. We never learned how to sing anything else, you know. I said, okay. It just grew on me. I kept playing it over and over and over. So one day, Paul Gayton and I was in the studio, and he heard what I was saying. I'm going to be a wheel someday. And he, he kept bouncing around on the piano with the idea. Dun, 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 chewing gum. I said, wow. I said, that sounds simple to what I'm doing here. So we got together and I said, Paul, I said, would you play those riffs again and let's do this song when I got mine? He said, okay, let's try it. And, and he hit off right up to the T, right straight to the T. He felt right into it. He said, now, if we can find someone to back up, you know, on a guitar like this, it would be fine. Well, the only person I knew really good on guitar like that was Justin Adams. Justin Adams can play any type of guitar music song. And he fit right into it. So we wind up having two guitar players on the set, Paul Gayton on piano, knocked Lee Allen out from taking the solo because uh, Justin Allen taking the solo on it. And uh, 
Paul Gates said, hey, man, we got a hit. And I said, well, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> I don't think it's a hit, you know. listening to a showcase on the great New Orleans R&B vocalist, Bobby Mitchell, featuring a rare interview from the early 80s. We just heard Bobby's classic version of I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Sunday, a song that would become a huge national hit for Fats Domino in 1959. And although Bobby's version didn't make the national charts, it got enough airplay in various regions around the U.S. that it earned him an invitation to appear on Dick Clark's American Bandstand in February of 58. I was on the Dick Clark Caravan show. I was on uh, David Cavett's show. Um, I was on uh, Jane Parrington's show uh, out of Philadelphia. And uh, there were some marvelous shows because I also was on, uh, also at the time, Jimmy Clinton was with me on a couple of shows at Caravan. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the guys who was with me on the show. Oh, I met uh, Harry Smith when I was up there. Uh met Laura Price. Um... Okay, uh, I left them and went to the the, uh, the Moonglow show. Then I left the Moonglow and went to um, Milwaukee, the Milwaukee show. And then we uh, did a lot of shows up there around the East Coast area. And we came back, then we went to Canada. Uh, we did two shows in Montreal. We came back home. Then we did a jazz 
show in uh, Florida, which I was completely out of out of space because they was inspect me to do a jazz show and I'm doing rock and roll, you know. But I managed to do the show because uh, I, I wind up meeting people like uh, Big Joe Williams and uh, Ella Fitzgerald at the time, and uh, I enjoyed that show. That was really a good show because that was my first time ever to to do bop stuff, you know, at that time. And then I learned it just from that one day. American Bandstand was one of the beautiful things I can uh, say I was on because really, they really treated me royalty when I went up there. Uh, I didn't get a chance to meet Dick Clark as much as I wanted to because you, when you meet him, he's like a clockwork. He's constantly moving, you know. And uh, of my distributor at the time up there in Philadelphia, he was very busy with me, bring me every place to Uptown Theater and stuff like that, introduce me to different people to uh, get to know. And uh, at the same time, Imperial Recording Company was calling me back and forth all day long, trying to get to this person, get to that person. It was more of a business trip than anything at promoting my record at that time. I think it was fantastic because I walked in there with a gold suit on, and it's the first time he'd ever seen a gold suit, you know. And I think that's really flashed his whole idea of what I'm doing. At the time, I was, what, 265 pounds at the time, because we was the heavyweights. The three heavyweights was Smiley Lewis, Fat Domino, and me. Thing was, Dick Clark uh, never, he said the same thing, you know. Everybody said, gee whiz, you, you, you're black, you know. I said, yeah, he said, well, from the record, we thought you was white, you know. So the first thing that came to mind, well, is a black guy doing a country and western tune, you know. And, uh, well, it, it really paid off because really a lot of people around Oklahoma and Kansas City got to it quick, you know. They, right when they uh, got off a of bandstand, I received fan letters, you know, from Oklahoma and around that area. And uh, they really caught on to the record just that fast.
There's Bobby Mitchell with You Better Go Home, another tune from the pen of Roy Hayes. That was issued as the flip side of I'm Gonna Be a Wheel Someday. For Bobby's follow-up single in May of 58, Imperial Records pulled out two songs that he recorded over a year earlier at the February 19, 1957 session that yielded You Always Hurt the One You Love and I Would Like to Know, which we heard at the start of the show. Here's Bobby with 64 Hours and I Love to Hold You. 64 hours without a trail You know I want to be near 64 hours without love Just waiting for you here Oh, I miss you since you gone You know I want you all along Oh, won't you please come on home Cause I need you in my own The telephone won't even ring Mailman just passed on by How can you do a thing like that When there's tears in my eyes 64 hours in misery Can't you see what you're doing to me 64 hours I can't sleep Please come back to me
Every time I look at you, I love you more and By late 58, Bobby started to feel that he wasn't a big priority at Imperial Records and decided to try his luck with smaller independent record labels based in New Orleans. We had difficult problems trying to um, find new ideas and um, Lou Chud had some problems because I think at the time he knew somewhere down the line he was getting ready to sell Imperial. And maybe I felt it too, I don't know, because I had trouble trying to get records played in certain areas and uh, trying to get uh, pushed in certain areas and I couldn't get pushed. And I, I asked Dave about it and Dave relied to uh, Lou Chutt and uh, somewhere down the line he said, well, he only doing what he can do. But at the time I, I, I saw the picture that they want the Small Lewis and Dave uh, Fat Domino as big as the rest of us. But at the time, they still had Slim Whiteman and Rick and Nelson and all these people at the same time. And we were more sort of like a tax write-off to them, you know. And I, I didn't learn anything about this thing until after a certain length of time that we were strictly a tax write-off to the Imperial Recording Company. So I said, well, if that's the way it's going to be, then the best thing for me to do is try to get somewhere and make a name for myself. And Dave... Uh, told me, he said, well, the only thing he can do is tell me to go to another company.
with some other man, but I done got over it. to Trick Bag with your host, Neil the Nighthawler. This is part two of a two-part series on the life and music of Bobby Mitchell, a much-beloved vocalist amongst New Orleans R&B fans. Those last two tracks were released on Showbiz Records in 1960. That last track, Just Say You Love Me, was written by Bobby's wife, Marcy. Before that was Bobby's rendition of Guitar Slim's I Done Got Over It. After just one single... On the showbiz label, Bobby switched over to Ron Records, where he released two singles in 1961. The songs he cut for Ron got heavy airplay in and around New Orleans and became some of Bobby's most memorable tunes. First up is another track written by Bobby's wife, Marcy. And we'll hear from Marcy now and then from Bobby. 
Bobby was always on the road, and I was alone a lot with the kids. Having eight kids, you know, it's pretty hard. <laughs> so I never did get a chance really to see music. And when he came home, he would be in and out. So I sit down, and whilst the kids were asleep or doing something else, I got my little mind together and I decided to write these two songs. I used to call my wife constantly every, uh, every other day when I was on the road. And, uh, and she never had, she didn't have a picture or anything of me, you know, at home. So uh, I said, well, babe, as soon as I ever get anywhere, I'm going to see if I can make a picture. I'll call you. I made a promise I'll call her anywhere. I'll send her something to remind her, you know, I'm still going on, you know.
just heard you're doing me wrong and send me your picture up next is another tune from bobby's days with ron records this is a reworking of an old jazz standard done in a session produced by young mac Rebenack, later known as dr john here's bobby to talk about it we try to um get the tradition of this old uh, jazz tune you know mixing in together and just change some words into it but it wasn't a big problem because Mama and Allah would fit into a rock and roll idea. That's what we were looking for. Well, we, we was talking about Mama and Allah, no smoking going on in here, no drinking or doing dirty things or evil things in the house. If she, if we, if she caught us doing all these things, she'd have put us out, you know, simple as that. Bobby's time on the road took its toll on his health. 
he came back to New Orleans and ended up hooking back up with his old label, Imperial, where he recorded several more tracks in 1962 and early 63. Because I spent three years on the road without coming home. And it, it was constantly work, definitely work. After those three years, I had my first heart attack in Louisville, Kentucky. I was 27 years old then. I never knew what hit me Made me fall in love I never knew what hit me Love is all I'm thinking of Don't try to tell me Because I know I never felt like this before I never knew what hit me To ask you for a date I never knew what hit me But you, I am never, never late Don't try to tell me Because I know I never felt like this before I traveled the whole world over Searching for the girl of my dream Now that I found you I know we're gonna make a great team I never knew what hit me Made me fall in love I never knew what hit me Cause love is all I'm thinking of Don't try to tell me Because I know I never felt like this before I traveled the whole world over Searching for the girl of my dream Now that I found you I know we're gonna make a great team I never knew what hit me To ask you for a day I never knew what hit me But you I never, never late don't try to tell me because I know I never felt like this before Don't try to tell me because I know I never felt like this before Don't try to tell me because I know I never felt like this before Don't try to tell me because I know Long distance. Hello, operator. I got to call that number. I got to ring that telephone. Ring that telephone. I got to call that number. So tired of being alone. Telephone. I got to call that number. I got to ring that telephone. Ring that telephone. Sleep is nights. I walk the floor. I don't want that anymore. I want that anymore. Oh, I know. I love her so. I got to ring. I got to ring that telephone. You know a true love is hard to find. I'll go crazy, or I just might lose my mind. 
got to call that number. I got to ring that telephone. Ring that telephone. I got to call that number. So tired of being alone. Tired of being alone. Oh, I know I love her so. I got to ring. Got to ring. I got to ring. Got to ring that telephone. True love is hard to find. I'll go crazy, or I might just lose my mind. I got to call that number. I got to ring the telephone. Ring the telephone. I got to call that number. So tired of being alone. So I got to ring, got to ring, I got to ring, got to ring the telephone. telephone. We just heard I got to call that number, and right before that, an originally unreleased track called I Never Knew What Hit Me. Coming up next, another one from Bobby's second stint with Imperial Records. This one's called My Southern Bell. She wear lipstick and paint Use the word you all in ain't Looking you could never tell But she's my southern bell Oh yes, she's my girl Oh yes, she's my girl You can't tell But she's my southern bell She wear high heel shoes And she loved to hear the blues If there's something that she wants You know I can't refuse Oh yes, she's my girl Oh yes, she's my girl You can't tell But she's my southern You could never tell But she's my southern belle Oh yes, she's my girl Oh yes, she's my girl You can't tell But she's my southern belle There's My Southern Bell, recorded in the fall of 62. During his second stint with Imperial, Bobby also wrote some great tunes, I've Been Walking and My Head is Spinning, for another great artist on the Imperial roster, Ferd Snooks Eaglin. My head is 
Bobby's next stop was another small independent New Orleans label, Rip Records, owned by Rip Roberts. Bobby recorded two songs for Rip sometime in late 63 or early 64 for a single that would end up being Bobby's final release. The tunes were written and produced by his cousin, the great songwriter, producer, singer, pianist, Eddie Bowe. I sat down one day on the telephone and I told him how I felt about my feelings at the time. I, I didn't want to go back in the music business anymore and I gave up on it because uh, I got tired of being pushed around, you know. And uh, so he said, come over and I think I got an idea for you. So one day, him and a couple of other guys was in the back in the Union Hall at the time. And they were rehearsing a sort of a gospel tune. I was wondering why they was rehearsing a gospel song, you know. But at the same time, I didn't know the song was for me, you know. And he said, look at these words. I looked at the word. He said, now listen to the music we playing, you know. He said, just fit into it. Give me your feelings, just the way you feel right now. And I said, well, this is gospel, you know. I don't want to sing gospel just like that. He said, no. Just sing it the way you feel. And it blended in, the words blended into my voice, the style blended in, the music blended in. Just like if I sat there and written the whole thing out myself. Join me now. 
everybody, come on, join me now. After my first heart attack, I came back home and uh, I relaxed a while for about two years. Still playing music, but uh, I want to uh, get into something that's more comfortable with me. Because uh, you know, in musicians, they do not have a credit ability with credit. And the first thing came to mind, uh, if I'm married, I got to start surviving for my kids and my family, trying to get them all together. And everywhere I went, uh, I wanted to get something out there to make credit this way, make credit that way. So I told my wife I'm going to have to get me a job to make some credit in the city. So I went back to school for about three, three years and studied x-ray. I went to an x-ray school at Charter Hospital. And uh, I said, well, since I'm in this, I might as well make something out of it. And after I graduated out of there, the first week after I graduated, I got fired through the uh, x-ray uh, department. And I said, well, the best thing for me to do now is to go into research, which I did. I went to school for two years into research and, uh, and for pathology, and I stayed there ever since. I've been in that field ever since, 20 years now. It's a spotlight on New Orleans R&B man Bobby Mitchell on tonight's edition of Trip Bag with your host, Neil the Night Holler. Between 1953 and 1964, Bobby's recordings made a big impression on the music scene in New Orleans and also around the country. Sometime in the mid-60s, Bobby recorded a final session produced by New Orleans musician and songwriter Earl Stanley. Earl told me about these recordings many years ago, but for some reason I was under the impression that the original master tapes had been lost sometime in the 70s. But during a more recent chat with Earl, I was pretty excited to learn that I'd been mistaken and that these originally unreleased Bobby Mitchell recordings were still in his possession. And Earl was gracious enough to share these recordings with me. So now, for the first time ever, we'll hear Bobby Mitchell's last commercial recordings done sometime in the mid-60s.
Thunder Production Company in New Orleans. Though Bobby retired from music full-time in the mid-60s, he continued to perform occasionally all the way up until his death in March of 1989. And Bobby also hosted a popular radio program on WWOZ in New Orleans for a few years. And now it's back to Bobby for some last words. Music in general, it's been my whole lifestyle for 30-some odd years, and um, I love it. And I believe uh, I probably die on the stage doing it. And I like to do more volunteer work in the field uh, to teach other young people what I didn't get the chance to do, uh, the gift from other people. Because um, people like Papa Stopper, Dr. Dario, and all those guys, they taught me a lot of 
love into the music, and it taught me what is music. And music in general, it, it fits everybody. It don't just fit no one race of people, it fits everybody. And this is where I want to stay on that one level that balance the world off with love, constantly with love, with black and white regardless who they are. This is Neil the Nighthaller, and I very sincerely enjoyed bringing you this showcase on the life and music of one of my favorite New Orleans R&B men, Bobby Mitchell, here on Trick Bag. As a little bit of lanyap, I've got one last recording to share with you before closing out. This is a rare live recording of Bobby, recorded in New Orleans sometime in the mid-80s. This comes from the collection of Bobby Cure, whose band, the Summertime Blues, are the backing group on this track. And you'll be hearing from me again soon on the next edition of Trick Bag, direct from New Orleans.
Trick Bag is hosted and produced by yours truly, Neil Pelligrin. Executive produced by Kirsten Cluthy and Adam Kaplan in partnership with EAC Productions with audio production by Matt Dwyer. If you like what you just heard, please rate and review us and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Osiris. Osiris.